Have you confessed your sins to God? Have your past sins, though put under the blood, tormented you still to this day? Do you feel paralyzed to rise up and live as a different person because of your past? Will God even help you now because of what happened in your past? And given all this bad that is happening to you now, is this just God's judgment? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. Thank you for tuning in. God's resistance really is to put up a fight against anything that's fighting against God and to take the offense and to live the way God wants us to. Now, you may be thinking that, you know, those questions that you asked in the beginning, that's where I'm at. And if that's the case, this is definitely for you. We're going to be looking in Psalm 3 because David, he had some of the same things that happened in his life. We're going to see what David's heart was, (coughs) excuse me, what he felt like. And then how he overcame and how God helped him. So Psalm 3. The context we're told here is the Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. And he says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah, pause, calmly think of that. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me. Out of his holy hill, Selah, I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. So here we have a prayer of David. We've gone right into his devotional life. We've heard him as he cried out to God, as he complained about the things that he was facing. And we see how God helped him even as he was praying and he lifted his heart up toward God. Now, the context was that this was written by David as he was fleeing from Absalom. So if we were to just take a little contextual step backwards and look at everything, David sinned against Bathsheba and Uriah. Nathan the prophet, he declared to David, The sword shall not depart from thy house. And David seemed to carry the guilt of laying with Bathsheba, of ordering the murder of Uriah Bathsheba's husband to cover up his sin of adultery. He seemed to carry that guilt and he didn't leave it with God. Even though God had forgiven him his guilt, it's as if David didn't forgive himself of it and let it go. Later on, Amnon, excuse me, one of David's sons, raped Tamar, one of David's daughters, a very wicked thing that was done. David didn't seem to do the right thing. And I think he didn't do a right thing because of the result of his sins past. He felt like he didn't have a leg to stand on to tell somebody else that was wicked. You shouldn't have done that because he's just carrying this guilt of what he had done this whole time. Absalom, another one of David's sons, Amnon's brother, he held a bitter resentment against David's inactivity or David's injustice to not take care of this. And he did it in the most dangerous sort you never would have known. He was very quiet and calculated and held this on for years until he could get his revenge. Absalom, he cried out um, that there was, wishing there was somebody who would do justice. And he was thinking that he would do a better job than his father. We read in, in 2 Samuel 15, 13, uh, and it tells us that the heart of all Israel went after Absalom. After a while, Absalom was able to steal the hearts of the people of Israel. 
And he heard what he did was he would go down on the gate and he would hear the case of every single individual about the injustices that happened to them. And he would fix them because they didn't get to the king. And so he made it look like he was the people's person and he was going to fix their problems. And that's when he cried out, oh, that that justice would be had. And if I was in the right place, I would give justice. You can see what happened here with Absalom's heart. And through all this, if we're not careful, our sins can be our downfall. That can be our downfall either by carrying the guilt around for years or allowing it to fester in our hearts towards great wickedness. Both sides of that ditch are not good. There are consequences to our sinful choices. And this doesn't mean, though, that God is displeased is displeased with us now in the present because of the consequences, <coughs> excuse me, of our past sins, even though we've repented of them. Not everything that happens to us now is because of the judgment of God. Sometimes it's just consequence. And consequence may follow us even though we've been forgiven of our sins, but that shouldn't paralyze us. So let's move on further as we look through Psalm 3. So in the verse, first verse here, it says, Lord, how are they that increase that troubled me or that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. So there seem to be a great number of people rising up against David. Now we know about Absalom. We're also told in the scripture about David's counselors, Ahithophel being one of them. Uh, we also are told that the common people seem to turn away from David and go after Absalom. And it seemed like it was super like out of out of the blue almost to David. It's surprising to see how many people turned so quickly. But really, I guess this was something that was happening on for years. However, he is coming to God like, Lord, they've all just increased that trouble me now. They're all rising up against me. This is the way he was relating to the situation. This is how he felt. <clears throat> Second verse, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. Now, if we go to Second Samuel 16, 7, it says, and thus said Shimei, this is when David was leaving uh, his palace and walking up the hills away from the city. And he said, <clears throat> Shimei uh, cursed him and he said, come out, come out, thou bloody man and thou man of Belial, the devil. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. Excuse me, I need to take a drink. And got a little dry tickle in my throat. Apparently here, people insinuated that God left David. And that's why all this terrible stuff is happening to him. David almost seems to agree with them. I mean, he even said, some of his men are like, do we, you want us to take this guy Shimei, Shimei out? We'll put him to death for what he said. And David said, no, it may be that God's allowing this to happen because of what I did. See, David's still carrying around this guilt. This guilt, I think, marred his, his judgment, marred his administrative skills as a king, <clears throat> his administrative powers, his execution of justice, because he wouldn't let go of this guilt. So he allowed terrible things to happen in his family when he could have dealt with Amnon very quickly. And then here Shimei is just cursing him and putting invectives over top of him. And he says, maybe God's doing this to me. He's still carrying the guilt. Verse three, but then he said this, that was the way he felt in the moment. But then he said, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. Then David remembers how God has treated him in the past. And he still looks at God as his God in the present right now. 
God is David's personal shield, according to David. God is his glory and excellence. God is the one that honors David. There's where all David's honor lies, is in God himself. And God, he says, is the lifter up of his head. In other words, he's going to yet rejoice in spite of all this affliction and terrible thing that's happened because he rehearsed the things that have happened in the times past. And he said, you know, every time these difficult things have happened to me in the past, God's given me a new perspective. He's lifted up my head. He's lifted my chin up and given me a confidence that I didn't have in myself, a confidence in him. Dear listener, if, if your past sins are under the blood, then you need to leave them there and you need to turn your eyes toward God. Let God be all to you as God was all to David. Now, I'm not saying sometimes we need to seek God and we need to be saved. We need to repent of our sins and have the witness of the Spirit and know that we're saved. I'm not saying that you should stop short of knowing the witness of God's Spirit. What I'm talking about is when you know that you know that you know you've been born again, and for whatever reason, you're still carrying on to guilt of sins that have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't carry those with you anymore. Even if you were born again and you fell, as much as you have gone to God again, you have confessed your sins before him. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Do not carry that with you into the future. You have got to leave it in the hands of God. However, David didn't seem to do that, but he's starting to see the right picture. But thou, O Lord, you're my shield. You're my glory. You're the lifter up of my head. Then he says this in the fourth verse, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. So when it says that he cried, There was an earnest soul cry that came out of David. He didn't just mumble a prayer. He lifted his voice with intensity to God Almighty to help him. And God heard all the way from his holy heaven. You know, listener, we should not be afraid to pray with great intensity. It pleases God. It pleases him for us to just bellow out from our our inmost depths of soul, the troubles and things that are going on and how we need God's help. That pleases God. God's not so great that he will not stoop down to hear the prayers of his weak and afflicted children. He will rescue them speedily as they cry out to him and hope in him and trust in him. Verse five, I laid me down and slept, David said. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. Now think about this. David's running for his life. He's sleeping in caves and all over the different places. He did that with Saul. Now it's like, oh no, here we go again. As Absalom, his son is revolted and taken over. If God has everything under control, David reasons, then I can sleep in his care. And David trusts God as he ran for his life. He slept knowing that he was always in the hands of God. And then the rejoicing of David, when he woke up and alive, he attributes all this to God's sustaining hand. You know, we may have reason to glory in God for his keeping power in the midst of terrific difficulty. And we should thank God for those simple blessings of awakening for another day. It is God that allowed me to wake up. It is God that has protected me through the night. It is God that has kept me, though there's many enemies trying to destroy my soul and destroy me and turn me away from God. God has kept me. Verse six, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. So God's boosted David's confidence in the midst of this terrific trouble. Instead of David being down as he was in the beginning of the psalm, He now declares triumph. He's not afraid of massive armies if God is with him, he says. Lord, give us this simple faith. Help us to to, to set our cares in the lap of God. Help us to get our eyes fixed on him 
and not all the myriad of troubles that are around us. God, I'm not afraid if God is on my side of an army of people. May God help us to have that faith. Verse seven, arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. So arise. It's like David saying, oh God, you're hearing my prayer. Stir yourself to action now on my behalf. David knew God called him to be king. David realized this is about more than just me, but this is about your will. This is about your kingdom. So through David's prayers, God fought for him. And this is the privilege of all saints. He will fight for you as you are just walking in his will. These are his battles. This is his will that he's called you to in life. He's going to fight your battles. Salvation, we're told in verse eight, belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. So we could try to trust in ourselves to fix the big problems or even the small problems in our lives. Those that are at rest have learned the secret that salvation belongs to God. God delights in delivering his people from afflictions and troubles. God delights in showing himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts is perfect toward him. There is a peculiar blessing, we're told here, on God's people. Those that have repented and known their sins forgiven, those are God's people. Those that are abiding in Christ and walking in obedient light, those are God's people. We can step outside of the safety of God, but we don't have to. We can remain in covenant with God as one of his, and God will fight for us. Salvation belongs to him. So in conclusion, dear listener, we may feel the weight of the guilt of past sins, even after they've been put under the blood. Don't carry that guilt any longer and let it affect your righteous decisions today like David did. Put those sins under the blood. Feel the forgiveness of God in your soul, the witness of the Spirit. Know what the Word of God says when you confess your sins to Him. He's faithful and just to forgive Him and leave it there. When there is a whirlwind of things, of trouble around, it's okay for you to feel grief and allow it to become so intense <clears throat> that you can't hold it in anymore. It's it, You can't bottle it up. You've got to let it out. You've got to cry into God. That's okay for you to do, and you should do that. That's your way of help. God bends his ears to hear the prayers of the righteous. And if you've been born again and are walking in the light with Jesus, you can call yourself righteous and claim this promise that he's going to hear your prayers. God will move into action on behalf of the prayers of his people. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in the risen Christ who is seated on the throne. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we will trust in the living God. Join the resistance, God's resistance. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. I'd love to talk with you over the phone, or if you're local, I'd love to get a coffee with you, help you on your journey with God, and be on the lookout for a new meeting place in downtown Wilkes-Barre. 